I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now right rug flooring hey everybody it's eli and diana and we're here today to talk about Betty and Barney Hill. Very first couple to ever claim to be abducted by aliens. Aliens, they're here. They're watching. The government's admitted that UFOs are real. This is a very exciting time for alien lovers out there. And this is pretty much the origin. Mm -hmm. This is where it all started. So let's get into it. Yeah. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Hi, everybody. Uh, so before we get started today, uh, we've got some housekeeping to take care of, and we're going to put ourselves into Corrections Corner. You're such a loser. We always ask you to reach out to us um, through our email address or on our social media platforms, and we want you to know that we are totally listening, and if we say something wrong, if we make a mistake, we do want to fix that. We want to take time to uh, address those missteps. 
And you guys are awesome because right away we did get some feedback on one of our previous episodes. Seems like we got everything. So far, everybody's been pretty positive, but there is one major thing that we slipped up on. This was brought to our attention by a loyal listener, Bobby Andrews. Glaring mistake. I said in our Louis XV and Madame Pompadour episode that Pompadour's mother probably pushed Madame Chateauroux down the stairs like that bitch in striptease. Well, guys, I am embarrassed because it was not striptease. It was showgirls. My God. I swear, I I thought that at the time, and I wish I just said something, but I, I... I wasn't confident enough myself. And it's just a lack of research on our part. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Sorry for that. Sorry, Elizabeth Berkeley and Demi Moore and everyone else involved in both those projects. My apologies. We respect you all. <laughs> Definitely going to try to, to you know, make sure we don't have any more slip-ups like that. But please do reach out if we do. Uh, we're more than happy to address them here at the beginning of the show when we put ourselves in corrections corner. All right. I think it's time to get to the show. Yeah, let's do it. Betty and Barney Hill were a pretty normal and cool couple. They got married in May 1960. It was a second marriage for both of them. They lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. She had a master's degree. She worked as a social worker in child welfare, and he worked for the U.S. Postal Service. And they had a dachshund named Delcy. This is what we're here for. Talk about the dogs. I know. Right? How much do we got on the dog? Um, Not much, but I did see a picture. Okay. And he's incredibly cute. Of course obviously. he is. He's a dachshund he was named a Delcy. Dachshund. Exactly. Yeah. He looked like he might have been a little fat, so maybe they were very indulgent dog parents, which I like. <laughs> maybe not too fat, but they loved the dog. All right. Uh, can we talk to our, um, you know, our sponsors, our team, our producers, everybody, and see if we can just shift this whole podcast tone to more like the pets of couples? Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds like. A totally cool show that a lot of people would listen to. Yeah, romance is great, but dogs. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the true relationships that matter. Yeah. Which is people and their pets. Cats. The furry family. Or feathery birds. Or feathery, that's true. So yeah, Betty and Barney, they're super cool, totally normal. Uh, they were very active in their community, super civic-minded. They were members of like the Rotary Club and the 4-H Club and really active in the Unitarian Church and very active in the Civil Rights Movement because Betty was white and Barney was black. And an interracial relationship in 1960s, pretty unusual. Um, I think the loving decision that made interracial marriage legal in all 50 states was still a few years away. Yeah, the loving case was uh, by the Supreme Court. That was 1967. And that uh, said that any laws banning interracial marriage violated the 14th Amendment. Yeah. It was no longer allowed for states to impose laws banning interracial marriage. But not until 1967. This is 1960. Mm -hmm. So from all reports, they had a pretty... Uh, normal, cool life in their community. People were pretty accepting of them. They didn't seem to have a lot of trouble with their relationship or anything like that. Mm. Um, So what brings them to our attention is this incredible story. So Betty and Barney, just a year after they got married, wanted to have like a belated honeymoon, and they Mm. decided to take a short road trip to Niagara Falls and Montreal. And an Outdoors.org article says that they kind of spontaneously decided to go. They didn't really plan it very well. So they didn't even stop to withdraw extra cash. So that meant that by the time they were heading home, they didn't have enough money for hotels and stuff. So they decided to just drive straight through the night. So it's now September 19th, 1961. It's 1030 at night. 
and they're in rural New Hampshire, and suddenly Betty sees this strange light in the sky. It's moving around erratically, and it's getting bigger and brighter. So she goes to Barney. She says, hey, stop the car. Stop the car. we got to get a closer look for some reason. I don't know. I see swirling lights in the sky, and <laughs> to me, I'm not thinking, let's get out and get closer to it. Well, that's that's white people for you. <laughs> they always want to run to the danger. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but... I guess also at this point, we have seen no alien abductions. It's so, true. you know, I see floating lights in the sky. I'm thinking, aliens, I don't want to get abducted. But if you don't have that reference point, maybe maybe it's Santa Claus. Maybe it's, you know, something else mm-hmm, fascinating like uh, in the night sky. So they stop the car and she walks the dog. She decides so to Del- take. Delcy was there. I just wanted everyone to know Delcy was there. So she takes <laughs> Delcy out on a walk and Barney gets his binoculars out, and uh, he looks at it through his binoculars. Yeah, and he's like, girl, that's an airplane. Come on now. Let's get back in the car. We got to get home. We got a few hours left to drive. Mm-hmm. But while they're driving, the bright light seemed to be following them and just getting closer. And Betty looked through the binoculars, and she saw a disc-shaped object with a band of light around the circumference. I I saw it described as as big as a plane and as flat as a pancake. Um, So she's like, can we look at this again? They stop the car again. Barney looks again through his binoculars, and this time he sees beings looking back at him. Very disconcerting. Also through binoculars? No, I guess like not. A, I don't think so. Was it like a, you know, binoculars they to binoculars? Like... <laughs> They're like, what is that? There's that strange metal box oh, no. moving radically down Four the road. Wheels. It's two two tall pink beings and a small elongated mm-hmm. hot dog looking creature. They they know hot dogs. The they have, well. They just haven't met dogs yet. That would be funny if they were like Wow, humans come in all shapes and sizes. Sometimes they got four legs, sometimes they got two. I would say that they greatly misunderstand biology (laughs) if they can't classify different species like that. Well, I don't know what their science is like. Probably pretty good if they're coming here. Uh, So Barney sees these beings looking back at him. And he's now he's panicking. All right, now he says they're gonna they're gonna capture us. You got to get back in the car. He's calling Betty. Get back in the car. Back in the car. They hear these noises. They said it was like a like a microwave oven beeping, and they start feeling really drowsy. And they hear this beeping again. And Barney's driving down Route Three, and they're going eighty miles an hour. They're they're thirty five miles further down the road than they thought they were. Yeah, which is weird. It's so weird. So they were just like, I guess we're just tired. They get home. They realize it's two hours later than it should be. And they can't account for that time or that 35-mile stretch of the road. So neither of them can remember it at all. They just, they thought they were just driving and like, you know, maybe I'm a little sleepy. I like catch my eyes. No, open my eyes. But in that moment, Mm -hmm. time was lost. Time was lost. Something happened. Missing time. And there's other weird stuff when they get home. The strap to Barney's binoculars is broken. Betty's dress is torn in the front. Uh, There's even a little blood on her dress from the inside, apparently. Barney's dress shoes have deep scuffs in them, and both their watches have stopped. 
and they both have this kind of weird feeling that like something's happened to their bodies, but when they kind of examine themselves, they're like, everything looks fine, so I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm just making shit up. And uh, there's an LA Times article that mentions that there was also some weird concentric circles on their car, and when like they held compasses over it, it made the needle go crazy. Oof. So that's all weird stuff. And at one point, they both saw a fiery orb sitting on the ground. Oh. They both remember seeing that. Well, there. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's strange. I, my, my, you know, my watch stopped. Um, these compasses are acting strange. I don't remember some time. Oh, also, there was a giant fiery orb <laughs> sitting on the ground. Like, lead with that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Betty definitely was like, something's going on. Because she went and checked out a book on UFOs and was like looking stuff up. And she ended up filing a report with the Air Force and like telling them, you know, that we saw this weird shit and she's describing it. UFOcasebook.com said that Major Paul Henderson told Betty their radar also picked up a UFO that night. So he kind of confirmed that they definitely saw something I mean, not a UFO necessarily, but certainly something unidentified that was flying. <laughs> so oh, I guess it, it is a UFO. UFO. <laughs> uh, I guess what I mean is he didn't confirm aliens. He just right. confirmed a UFO. And in his report, the major decided they had just misidentified the planet Jupiter. It was shining pretty brightly that night. So he's like, they just thought they saw something, but they didn't. I'm always mistaking Jupiter for any random number of things. And you know how planets like to erratically move around <laughs> noticeably on Earth. So the hills are basically like, let's forget all about this. This was just a weird thing, but we did our part. Citizen duty. We reported to the Air Force. We're good. But a few days later, Betty starts having really intense nightmares. And five nights in a row, she's dreaming of these gray beings that like they apparently like land on the car and take them up a ramp and they come they conduct various experiments on them, um, possibly speaking through telepathy. Like Barney at one point talked about eyes pushing through his eyes. Some of it kind of sounds like people trying to describe technology that they just have no frame of reference for. Mm -hmm. So like she tried to describe a map or something that they made 3D, which is what we would call a hologram today, but of course they didn't have a vocabulary for that. She said they inserted a long needle into her stomach, which the being said was a pregnancy test. Oh. Uh, it caused her incredible pain. Sure. Until, well, a huge needle. I mean, come on. But one of the beings apparently, like, waved his hand in her face, and the pain just went away. Okay, now that now they're holding out. Right. Where's this? You know, that's Here's some E.T. I need that. Any aliens listening to our podcast... If you have magical healing powers like that, or at least <laughs> just just desensitizing powers to pain. Please share. Yes. Yeah, shoot us an email. Uh, <laughs> we'd love to connect. We'll, we'll bring you on the show. Slide into the DMs anytime. Yeah. So she dreamed that she asked them where they were from, and they showed her a star map to kind of show her where in space they had come from. And she was also given a book of strange symbols to keep as a souvenir. But then there was like a disagreement and they decided that neither of them should remember this encounter at all. So they took 
the book away from them. And this was at the car. I really love this image of the aliens carting these bodies back, like trying to position them in the car to look like they were driving the whole time. Delcy like loading... barking wildly. Delcy's barking his head off. <laughs> And this and the one of them, the, you know, the intern alien is like, oh, I hate what we did to them, but I decided to gift them this lovely, our lovely alien symbol book for them to read uh, and take a piece of our culture with them. Coral, I was reading that. Go get it right now. But, 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 but. How, how, how could you? I was so near the end. Oh, my God. Can they be reading The World According to Garp? I don't know why that's making the me The world? I gave them our last copy of The World According to Garp. I was in the middle of that, Carl. Go get it right now. I'll, I'll never know what the world was, according to Garp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So Betty and Barney decided to... Um, what? And what the fuck? Humans, it is I, Ozark. Say Ozark. And yeah. this is my counterpart. Gleep glurp, gleep glurp, gleep gleep glurp. Am I saying it right? No. Gleep glurp, gleep glurp, I'm saying gleep glurp, gleep glurp, gleep glurp. That's the one. It's regional. Uh, look, the only reason we have not yet destroyed your planet is because of this show, Ridiculous Romance, and the following programs and products which support it. So listen carefully. Your very cosmic existence depends on it. The show will return after these messages of earthly delights. Ooh, earthly delights. Earthly delights. Uh, I guess we'll be right back. I guess so. According to these aliens which have intruded. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. 
We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. Your hosts will now continue the story of the first alien abduction. <coughs> Alleged... Alien abductions. That's right. You, yes. Ozark. Must be careful, Glip Glorp. Glip Glorp. Glip Glorp. Glip Glorp. Glip Glorp. Thank you. Oh my god, these aliens. I don't even remember where we are. Where are we? Are they having dreams or something? Uh, <laughs> Betty, Betty and Barney, uh, hang on. Yes, yes, it's the dreams. Okay, okay. So Betty tells Barney about these dreams she's been having. Now, I had listened to an interview with Barney Hill's son, Barney III. Um, his daughter is MMA fighter Angela Overkill Hill. Wow. And I know, it's a cool legacy, I feel. She's just beating ass now. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did an interview with him on her podcast, Ceremonial Weigh-In. And according to him, his father was pretty superstitious. Um, they grew up superstitious. Ghost stories were like a big thing around their house. And Betty was really into that stuff, so they'd be talking about ghosts and witches. But whenever the conversation became about flying saucers, which Betty was super interested in, she was a big sci-fi fan, but Barney would become antagonistic and really dismissive. And he's like, fully did not have time for UFOs at all. And even though he did believe that he saw an unidentified flying object that night, um, when Betty would bring up these dreams, he was just like, Betty, that is your imagination. That's that's just a dream. Don't worry about it. So Barney is, at at this point, reasonably thinking, yes, we saw something weird. No, you're, you're, you're dreaming about this abduction thing. Yeah. This is not a Star Trek situation. It's just something weird. The Air Force knows about it. Anyway, we're our part in that story is over, mm-hmm. kind of, it seems. And Barney the Third said he thought that was kind of weird because for the rest of the family, that abduction idea kind of explained everything <laughs> that happened to them. He's like, I mean, all this weird stuff was kind of fits pretty neatly into that story. But Barney was not into it. <laughs> so Barney the Third started getting calls from family members telling him that his dad was acting strange, not quite right, and they couldn't put a finger on what was wrong with him. But he's a post office worker who usually drove from Portsmouth to Boston a few nights a week. And he used to be a truck driver in the army, so the guy's a great driver. But for some reason, Barney the Third says he just couldn't drive anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Betty's still having these nightmares. They're just not doing well psychologically after this event. Mm. So it's two years later, and they decide to go see a psychologist to kind of figure out what's going on. It's 1963, 
and they go see Dr. Benjamin Simon, who is known for helping World War II veterans combat PTSD through hypnosis therapy. And the idea is that under hypnosis, you'll remember things that you normally wouldn't if you were conscious because your brain does like to protect you from traumatic events. So you'll, you know, not remember them. But that means you can't heal from them. So the idea is to put you under hypnosis where you can safely remember that event and kind of start moving past it. So he sees them separately. They're not together during these hypnosis sessions. And Betty recounts her experience of the abduction, which pretty much matches her dreams. There's some differences. And Barney's matched up with Betty's account down to the full description of the beings, which were like humanoid, bipedal, no hair, big eyes, nose slits, and gray skin. They were kind of short. This is like aliens. a classic alien. Aliens. Classic alien. They look like aliens. However, did both their descriptions match? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it's 1963. There's not a ton of like alien depictions out there. But I think the established look of yeah. an alien... So they recounted the, the UFO landing on their car, which kind of accounts for those weird circles on their, their car. Um, they let him up the ramp. They took samples. They both had locks of hair cut off, skin scraped into a vial. Barney said he had a sperm sample taken. And, of course, Betty had that pregnancy test needle thing. That was, sounds terrifying. Which, I, I mean... I mean, are you trying I'm, to puncture the baby or something? What's the point? I'm just thinking about their unique experiences mm -hmm. and you know barney had a sperm sample taken this is pretty much one way to get that <laughs> whereas betty gets a giant needle stabbed into her stomach i, I mean listen you know even <laughs> in alien abductions men just have it better than women and just <sighs> it's really not fair although you could say barney was sexually assaulted that's by true aliens which is not cool that's true we can only assume that they appeared to him as you know his fantasy scenario and he did not get detailed about that but i sure wish he did because <laughs> now that's all i want to know about <laughs> uh and betty did draw the ufo she saw you can see pictures of it and she drew the star map that she had seen from memory and under hypnosis they were both terrified uh, betty had tears streaming down her face at one point and they had to like stop the session because she was so upset Dr. Simon speculated that maybe Betty talked in her sleep and then Barney somehow like absorbed that in his sleep and just believed it to be reality. But Barney kind of laughed at that, which I kind of am laughing. That's you know, a lot. That's, that's a stretch. seems weird. And Be Betty's niece, uh, Kathleen Marden, just wrote a book called Captured about all this. And she quotes Barney saying that he drove nights, as we've talked about. And so he didn't sleep with Betty. So how would he absorb her talking in her sleep? He was also like, she would have to speak in complete sentences. Mm -hmm. And then why would I just believe anything she said as reality? That's not a thing. <laughs> so uh, that was kind of written off. Um, Barney III says after the hypnosis sessions, his father really improved and was much more like his normal self. So whether or not, you know, you can argue if it was a real experience, but at least the hypnosis seemed to do its its job, you know, for their mental health anyway. Mm -hmm. The Hills kept quiet about their encounter, but then a journalist named John Luttrell. Luttrell? I don't know. John L-U-T-T-R-E-L-L. -L -L. He got a hot tip about their story, and he published this article in 1965. 
And the Hills said, no, this is full of inaccuracies. So they decided to put a book out of their own about this story. It's not like they wanted to come out with this crazy story to get attention, but they tried to keep it quiet and they kind of got dragged back out of them again. So they're thinking, what would be the point of making up this UFO story and then and then not telling anyone about it? There, there of course, there are skeptics about Betty and Barney's story. What? I know. They're what? skeptics? No about one just believes them. First alien abduction? What? With all these shaky <laughs> details? Yeah. Uh, it has been pointed out. Just a couple of weeks before their incident, the sci-fi show Outer Limits had just premiered, and oh. their aliens looked like exactly like what they were describing. Gray, short, gray, no short. As you said, classic, yeah. classic aliens um, in pop culture, I guess. And UFO expert Robert Schaefer has a whole blog post on his blog, Bad UFOs talking about the geography of the road and the hills and things nearby <laughs> to be like, listen, this, he said there was a restaurant that had a giant pumpkin build on top of it that lit up. And because they were like on a hill, it would make it look like a fiery orb sitting oh, sure. on the ground. So they saw a giant pumpkin. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely. And he also points out, and this actually does make a lot of sense. Uh, they had been driving for 21 hours at this point. They were very sleep deprived. And it's true that you can kind of hallucinate when you're really tired. I never told you about this. We uh, we drove 16 hours one time to go to New York City, mm -hmm. and I drove the whole way. And uh, about two thirds of the way there, we were abducted by aliens. Oh my god! Yeah, I wasn't gonna tell what? you, but uh, well, but, what happened? Oh, uh, I mean the usual. They um, they took us up. Uh, I gave a, a sperm sample. They shoved a big needle into your belly. Jesus. Um, I hope I wasn't know. pregnant. Uh, no, they said you weren't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not, uh, not, uh, that was not in our plans on our way to New York. No. I was in a, the worst car accident that I've been in, which is nice because I wasn't that bad. Uh, I was really sleep deprived and I fell asleep at the wheel. And I remember thinking I had seen a white car right next to me. So I like turned my wheel really fast and it made me hit the median. And when I looked, there was no cars at all on the road, like no taillights, nothing. It's possible that there was a car there and they were just gone by the time I looked, but it really felt like I had just made that shit up completely. Like my brain was just like, you shouldn't be asleep. You're driving. Um, so anyway, I was just kind of like, that sounds like it could be. But a shared hallucination like that is well, kind of odd. If you're driving right now listening to our podcast and you're feeling sleepy, please pull over, find somewhere to stop. It's not worth it. You're going to see all kinds of weird things that aren't really there. So yeah. that's our little PSA for the yeah. episode. And you can just do drugs for that. You don't need to put your life in danger. On yeah, the... seriously. There's Go lots of Joshua fun ways to hallucinate. Tree, take some mushrooms yeah. like everybody else. Ayahuasca. <laughs> so Robert, anyway, is like, they're just tired. They're seeing things. They're overreacting because Betty's this big UFO enthusiast. Um, he says they had their hypnosis sessions two years after the incident, so they had plenty of time to like get their stories straight uh, and go over them together. But for what it's worth, their psychologist, Dr. Benjamin Simon, saw them for six months and said he, he believed that they truly believed they were abducted. They did not seem to be making it up or like lying on purpose. So he's like, I think they did see a UFO that night in that they saw an object they couldn't identify. But it was his opinion, actually, that they had an anxiety disorder related to being an interracial couple in the 1960s, traveling in a rural area, and constantly dealing with a shitty society, 
which does sound stressful. But yeah. I'm not sure you'd see an alien because of it. Look, I'm not here to say what being an interracial do relationship does or doesn't do to your psychology. Because it's true. He said he he again that he found them to be very well adjusted in their marriage, popular right. in their community. They said that in their trip, they did see a waitress have a quote reaction to them but mm. didn't say what their reaction was ah. so there might have been you know some weird shit going on in their trip that maybe made it tense you know for them so yeah she she especially betty always insisted they never had any problems but i, I will say that betty might not have been in possession of all the facts because White people can be very much in love with a black person and still be ignorant of their own and others' racist behaviors or words or microaggressions. You know, we just have a different, a whole different lens that mm -hmm. we're seeing things through. So it's possible that if you ask Barney, he might have had a different answer to that. But I like to think that they're in a community of like-minded people and, you know, they're working with the NAACP, they're active in their church and stuff, so... Hopefully she was right about that and they were had a pretty chill experience so far, you know, at, in as far as you can have in American society. Right. But like you said, they got plenty of attention without even trying. <laughs> Thanks to John Luttrell. There's a few books written about them, including the one they wrote and a movie called The UFO Incident starring Estelle Parsons and James Earl Jones as Barney, which... If Barney lived long enough to know who James Earl Jones was, I feel like he would have been pretty stoked about that. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, James Earl Jones played, if James Earl Jones played me in a movie, I'd be what? Amazing. beside myself. Incredible. It would be a weird choice, I guess, but. I, I, don't, I if, mean, if, yeah. If, the man's ranged. But yeah, more than that, they kicked off a national phenomenon. Yeah. No one had ever reported being abducted before this, again, as far mm -hmm. as we know. I mean, not, not publicly, not in the papers. It was never really out there. But according to Quartz, after the UFO incident came out in 1975, reports of alien abductions went up 2,500%. How do you measure that? If there's none and then there's some, That's infinite. isn't it just like... I guess you go from one <laughs> to 2,500. <laughs> That's so many. <laughs> Which is a lot. And, and I mean, you know, you look at... Sure, you look at the attention that came out of it. I think we have a much better appreciation today of the amount of the lengths people will go to just to be heard of. Mm -hmm. So, sure, people hear about this story. Maybe they have an experience they haven't been able to explain themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the perfect logical solution. Maybe they just totally make up some bullshit because they want to get in the papers. That's, I think, both reasonable. Put them all together, you get 2,500%. Yeah, that makes sense. That math checks out. Yeah. Well, I used a calculator. <laughs> uh, I'm bad at math, so this all works out. <laughs> it allows me to make up all kinds <laughs> yeah, of crazy numbers around here. And I'd be like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the only numbers that I can't. Humans. Oh, my God. They're back. What? Is this going to be like a whole bit now? Is this like a recurring joke? Uh, yes. Uh, uh what was you? Blip Blorp, Blip Blorp and I have been listening to this show on the iHeartRadio app where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. Yes, and your listeners need a break from the tedium of your unpolished voices. Hey, man, fuck 
you. No, man, fuck you. Okay, okay, man, uh, let's not start an intergalactic incident here. Uh, okay, yes. Uh, well, I... are, are you done? Are you guys done? It's okay, we're going to go to a commercial break. We're going to come back after this, get rid of these weird aliens, and uh, we'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, and we're back. Uh, turns out the aliens are not allergic to water, but they are highly allergic to dog hair, and we have a ton of that around here, so... Yeah, so we gave them a Benadryl, and we sent them on their way, hopefully for no more interruptions. So let's get back to Betty and Barney Hill. It must be said, <laughs> sci-fi as a genre had just gotten its start in, like, the 40s. Uh, people didn't really believe in aliens before the 60s. So someone was going to be the first to claim to be abducted by aliens. Right. And it happens to be this lovely couple from New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. 
And ever since, stories about abductions have included similar details as the Hill story. Missing time, medical examinations, all classic. So my question is, you know, is that that shows one of two things, right? It either shows uh, it either gives some credibility to your Mm -hmm. claims because they're all the same. Well, everybody's saying the same thing. So maybe this is really happening to everyone. Mm -hmm. Or it gives a copycat vibe like, well, you're just saying what everybody else said. Yeah. You know, if somebody came out and had a completely different experience with aliens, I wonder if that'd be more credible like no 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 this isn't one of those copycat stories probes you Mm -hmm. know gray guys with big eyes and no slits this is i got sucked up by a bunch of you know interdimensional time warping beings Mm -hmm. and um they merged with my hair and (laughs) uh and 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 erupted into a chorus of song uh and then i was uh um spitballing here um uh, flung you into spitballing the, before. <laughs> <laughs> flung into the center of the sun, uh, totally protected. Uh, I saw the entirety of time and existence condensed uh, into a, a, a pebble the size of a, a pebble, and uh, <laughs> and then I came back home and I and now I know how to play guitar. You know, like is that more credible? I, I guess you'd have to play the guitar for me. Okay, well then, uh, forget I said anything. <laughs> uh, I thought it was funny. The the there was one place that mentioned that a lot of sci-fi stories from the '40s and '50s where aliens were pretty friendly and chill, and they were like kind of cute. Yeah. But then, like after Betty and Barney's story, it became much more threatening. People were like, "Oh, aliens are like trying to like look, look at our organs and shit," you know. So I think that's interesting because Betty herself compared them to like Magellan she's like they're just totally harmless explorers looking around but her story made people more scared of aliens than they would have been I've said it before I'll say it again if a species evolves to the point where they can travel across interstellar distances and come here they're probably not a violent species lest they wouldn't have evolved that far so why would aliens come here trying to fuck shit up? Right. They'd be too busy fighting amongst themselves. Like they would we never get off the ground like yeah. us. You know, case in point, us. Why aren't we on Mars yet? Because we've been squabbling and punching each other in the face. Because all of our research went to bombs yeah. and porn. And, you know, <laughs> and there's, you know, so if you're if you're going to get to that point, I think you've gotten past all the violence and everything. I don't think you're conquerors. I think you're just explorers. Yeah. We okay. we have a hard time conceptualizing that because we can't conceive of the idea of going somewhere and not conquering it. That's so ingrained in our... Very true. We are colonizers. so human. Yeah. So anyway, yes, I'm in the pre-1960 camp of people who thought aliens were chill and awesome and friendly. Well, after they came out with this story... Mm-hmm. Um, it became such a part of the zeitgeist that respected publications and scientists who were really in on it. Like Carl Sagan sat down with Betty okay. at one point, and also this school teacher named Margaret Fish, who was an amateur astronomer. She got real focused on the star map that Betty had drawn that we mentioned earlier. And she decided to try to figure out if those stars matched any stars in the universe to kind of figure out where where is this place they're talking about. 
She did some sciencing. There's a lot of info about charts and shit that we're not going to bore you with. But she did some sciencing about it, and she found a match in a star system called Zeta Reticuli, which led a lot of people be like, oh, Betty was being real because this actually matches stars that she had no idea existed. So how could she have done that on her own? Okay. Her findings were published in Astronomy Magazine in 1974. Uh, it wasn't an agreement with her findings, but it was sort of this like, uh, well, let's have a conversation about it. This is interesting, mm-hmm. right? That she discovered this system that matches up with mm-hmm. Betty's description. And it's like new science, right? right. Aliens and stuff. So right. it makes sense. They're all into it. Astronomy Magazine is is popping off. And for a year, there were all these arguments kind of for and against this star map idea. So in the 90s, this European satellite Hipparchos mapped the stars more accurately and Margaret's theory fell apart. Didn't work anymore, didn't line up, and she herself retracted it. And the Yankee skeptic they wrote later after newer data was compiled, she determined that the binary stars within the pattern were too close together to support life. So as a true skeptic, she issued a statement that she now felt the correlation was unlikely. But when it was published in 1974, it was already a little divisive. And Astronomy Magazine was only a year and a half old at the time. Uh, The issue sold really well, but it also nearly ruined the magazine's reputation at a time they were just just starting to get big. And so the editor, Terrence Dickinson, he left his position a few months later. Fortunately... They managed to recover their image, but it took several years. It was into the Mm -hmm. 80s that they really kind of built back up again. There's an article on astronomy.com now called the Zeta Reticuli Incident or Ridiculi Incident, uh, where they basically just kind of (laughs) set the record straight and (laughs) pseudo apologize for ever having posted this story to begin with (laughs) because they felt like they were a reputable science magazine. They didn't want to be, you know, going out. I think they felt like, well, it's about science. So let's put it out there. Not kind of realizing that like, if we're putting it out there, we're legitimizing it. You right. Know? And so now they definitely <laughs> kind of are like, oh, we didn't mean Wee. to say that. <laughs> uh, this is kind of a bunch of hokum. Yeah. But I, I could kind of see why they felt like running it at the time because it was it was such a big topic of conversation. It was all over pop culture and stuff like that. So yeah. it seems like a good way to get readership. But also like science is about an exchange of opinions. I mean, basically, until you get more evidence, you kind of have to just be like, I'm a learned person and I sure. know about space and I think this is or is not true for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of see why, although I, I can also see why people would be like, no, <laughs> you're supposed to tell me real shit, like how many moons Jupiter has or whatever. <laughs> but did it not bring more attention to astronomy, too? You know, not the right. magazine, but the science. You know, Surely. you know, you, you throw something like that, out, you know, throw a lure like that into pop culture. Mm-hmm. You might drag a few new fans in back with you. Right. I'm sure a lot of astronauts are astronauts because they had a love of sci-fi as a kid and they, they read they, astronomy. They <laughs> started said, with the Betty and Barney Hill incident and they said, I got to get out there and find those little gray guys. I got to get this book from Carl. That's, Sounds great. A sperm sample. I'm on my way, aliens. <laughs> Nobody on Earth wants my sperm. (laughs) So uh, Barney died in 1969 at the age of 46 from a cerebral hemorrhage. Mm. That kind of stood out to me because it seems like after he died, the story got a lot more public and it was a lot more movies and stuff. So it's kind of like maybe Barney was the one kind of holding Betty back from sharing with the world because she was such an enthusiast and he was so much more skeptical about it that he was probably like, listen, I don't want to like 
and I saw one article be like, why would an interracial couple in this day and age want a lot of attention anyway? Uh, Cause you know, they're just going to hear a lot of hurtful stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I just thought that was interesting uh, in terms of the timing of like when these movies were coming out and when Betty was doing interviews and stuff, it seems to be mostly after Barney had died. Not all, but mostly. Betty did become something of a celebrity in the UFO community. She attended and spoke at several conventions. Um, I did see one like Redditor say that she was laughed off stage after one of her speeches. And she would apparently say that she saw UFOs all the time, even mistaking like street lamps for UFOs oh. and stuff like that. Uh, the LA Times said she would sometimes wave up at the sky to beings that she couldn't see but knew were there. I mean, I do that. Sure. Her own niece, Kathleen, who wrote the book Captured, she said that she was angry that Betty ruined her credibility because she believes this story and she's like, it's because of Betty's later years that threw a lot of skepticism on the original incident. But then she also kind of forgave her when she realized that Betty had a brain tumor. So she was kind of like, maybe that's accounting for some of this weird behavior, which brain tumors do a number on you. So that's possible. I loved this story that at one convention in the 2000s, Betty was photographed wearing a T-shirt that says, I got abducted by aliens and all I got was this lousy (laughs) T-shirt. Because I was like, true, you were supposed to get a cool book. Yeah. <laughs> but guess what? Um, and she died in 2004 after a year-long battle with cancer. Can I pull into Speculation Station? I just think uh, that it, this is heavy speculation mm-hmm. because I know nothing about science or anatomy or the human brain. But is there something there that Barney died from a cerebral hemorrhage Oh. and Betty died from a brain tumor? I can answer the Barney one at least okay. because... Uh, Barney the Third mentioned that okay. um, in his interview. Um, Angela asked him, like, do you think, did y'all think that, like, that was related something. or something? And he said, at first, yeah, he did think that, but it actually is a genetic thing to have. It's called a bleeding stroke, mm. a cerebral hemorrhage, and apparently many members of their family have had them, uh, okay. including himself. Okay. So he was like, his, uh, he was like, I don't think so. You know, I think it's just genetics playing their part. I don't think it, aliens had anything to do with it. Okay. Cancer, I don't know. I'd, I'd be more f- like if it was ovarian or something, you know, like the needle thing. Right. But You just, I don't know. We don't know what happens up there is all I'm saying. We don't. It's or so how true. it affects the body. The New York Times obituary for Betty says she had two children. They didn't say who. Uh, Barney also had two children, but with his first wife, Ruby Horn, which was the aforementioned Barney Hill III and his brother, Daryl. And I kind of wondered about Ruby Horn. I found her obituary. She lived in Philly, died in 2015 at age 90, outlived them both. She's an accomplished artist who designed lamps and dresses, and she baked cakes and crocheted. She was a painter and a ceramic artist. She was described as gorgeous and glamorous the hostess with the mostess. And it also just says she was preceded in death by her husband. It doesn't even mention the divorce. So I'm not sure she ever got remarried. Um, And her picture is just this classy, beautiful older woman. So I'm like, why did they break up? I mean, you know, marriages are inscrutable to anyone outside of them. But how did Barney meet Betty? How did they get together? What did Ruby think of all this UFO stuff? Because they had to still be in contact. He was still seeing his sons. Right. So like, is she over like, what in the hell is he doing over there in New Hampshire? Like, no, no mention, unfortunately. We have to speculate 
totally <gasps> about Ruby. Speculation Station. Was Ruby one of the aliens? Did she come down first to prepare, oh, get everything ready? This didn't occur to me. You know, they had a couple of kids. It didn't occur to you because it's that outrageous. That's what makes it plausible. Wouldn't that make his kids part aliens? They were part aliens. That's why they're doing all this testing up there about fertility and everything like that. Could it, you know, is this a fluke? Could it happen again? Do you know how Could much, how alien are the kids? You? How human you are us? Impregnate us. Yeah. Can we, can this go back and forth? You know, just, mm. you know, I, we didn't hear a lot about Ruby afterwards. Maybe she mm. went home. That's true. Maybe she went home. Poor Ruby is... <laughs> I'd also like to speculate. Oh, go ahead. Was Delcy abducted too? Because he was in the car. Did they not t- did <gasps> they just leave him in the car? What did they get a sample from the dog? What did, is Delcy having alien pups? Is Delcy an alien? Dachshunds are weird looking. Was Delcy sent down? <laughs> what, are all dachshunds aliens? Are all dogs aliens? Were they sent down to monitor, to prepare, to lull us into a false sense of security and submission? And this they're is what just I'm saying. Like, Oh, if we send dogs down there, they'll get real used to dogs and they'll like the dogs and they'll like be into dogs. So then when we invade, they won't even know it. What if Delcy's an alien? What if all dogs are aliens and they're just not activated yet? And when they do, you know, then it's over or then it begins. Maybe a wonderful new world begins. In a world led by dogs, how bad could it be? I mean, flash to the Rick and Morty episode, but I don't think... (laughs) That they would be so cruel. If they if they are, they've been lying so hard this whole time that they deserve it. It depends on the dog. If they're all chihuahuas, we're fucked. But if Fair. they're labs, it's going to be okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I think we need to know which dog we're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, no one asked Delcy. No one looked at the dog. No. This is where the answers might be hiding. Right? Why didn't you put Delcy under hypnosis? Oh, do they do doggy hypnosis? They probably uh, they do. They probably they're, do now. They're trying to sell us on doggy acupuncture. In California somewhere. Do- yeah. They, they do it all. Reese Witherspoon's dog is getting hypnosis right now <laughs> to get over um, being neutered or something. Please spay and neuter your pets. Please spay and neuter your pets. What a story. Betty and Barney Hill. Betty and the couple that gets abducted together stays stuck together. There you go. Sure. Yeah. I think that's their, uh, their house words. I think that's their... <laughs> it's on their banner. Look, we had, we had a lot of fun today, but there's nothing funny about alien abductions. Unless you've got a funny story about being abducted by aliens. Ugh, funny or not, we'd it. love to hear it. Aliens, you know we won't, can't wait to hear from you, my fellow aliens. I mean, <laughs> aliens. So, Earthlings, I mean, my fellow uh, Earthlings. A little slip there. You're welcome to reach out as well. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you have you heard this story? Do you believe this story? What do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Is it, it? Have you been to a convention that Betty spoke at? Because I would Ooh. love to hear from you. And that wasn't that long ago. So maybe yeah. some of y'all were actually witnesses to her story somehow. And tell us about it. And don't forget to. Humans. Oh, here oh, you boy. are. All right. The end is near. At, uh, end of what? End of this episode. Yeah, we were literally just doing yeah, the outro. You guys got here just in time. We know that. We love the end. It's our favorite part. Can we do it, please? Okay. Uh, sure, sure, I'm fine. That's fine. If you have any comments or galactic transmissions, send them to romance at iheartmedia.com. You can also find the hosts on the social medias. Both Twitter and Instagram. At Diana. 
and like, boom, and at all great, it's Eli. Don't be shy. Reach out. Say hello. They are very friendly people. Yes, they gave us a Benadryl. I am very sleepy now, actually. I should probably go. Take a nap. Yeah, maybe you guys should go take a nap. Uh, it's been idea. great. I'm so glad we had alien guests today. I'd also like a nap. On the show. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take a nap, too. Let's all go take a nap. Uh, see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, see you next time. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.